down Poinsettia, chapter 25. Citizen Canaan. It'll never go away. Losing my baby. It'll never go away. I walked out of Cedar Sinai directly into a fucking gaggle of those asshole protesters showing their asses, and fortunately for them, nobody even looked at me. I really was thankful that nobody looked at me. Called Rosemary from the payphone outside of Formosa Cafe when I pulled up. There used to be a payphone out there, and I, I used it to call that bitch before anybody else. I was going to call Lena next and give her an update on Summer's condition, of course, but all that way, driving Beverly, heading in the direction of Formosa, all I could think about was calling that bitch. My baby was dead. The woman I love was fighting for her fucking life, and I had to sit outside because I made the mistake of not marrying her when she asked me to back in Oklahoma. I wasn't right in my mind as I pulled the change out of my pocket to make that call. Classy touch, a touch of class. Hey, you fucking cunt. You better not hang up or I'm coming there and I'm going to blow your fucking brains out. Listen carefully, bitch. I've got you on speaker, Britt. And my lawyer is here listening to everything you say. Record it for all I care, whore. Summer's in the hospital. I didn't do a fucking Shut thing. Shut your fucking mouth, whore! We lost our baby. You leave us the fuck alone and don't you dare! Was it yours? She said it. I guess if, if it had been anything less than that, if it had been sympathy of any kind, I would have been fucking suspicious anyway, so fuck it. I guess it was appropriate she said that. I'm not going to scream into the. But for the most part, I made it very clear to her before hanging up on her that I could get into that fucking building anytime I wanted, which means I could pick and choose the place and time for her to go off that goddamn roof anytime I feel like it, drunk on brandy. It'll happen, bitch. That shut her up with her fucking lawyer present. I was itching to kill. I really could have killed that bitch or at least beat her to a bloody fucking pulp without ever having punched a woman in the face. I could have grabbed her around the throat and beat her into unconsciousness and kept beating her until my fucking arm fell off. It's terrible to... But it's how I felt. Wasn't a fair question. Some are so condom freak, I, I was quite comfortable with the fact that I knew it was my child, being that we never used a condom, her and I, ever. But damn if we didn't dump literally, literally thousands of dollars in Trojan condoms. I mean, she was a condom magnum queen. 
condoms in the glove box, center console, and the fucking purse. I had them on my fucking... Why am I carrying all these condoms? My dick ain't that big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't need a tire inner tube. Anyway, um... Summer's a real condom heavy. Rosemary knew that, too. Matter of fact, she insisted all of her girls be like that, and... But, you know, like I say, the girls did it anyway without her fucking direction. But, like I say, Summer. Rosemary just wanted to hurt me more. And tried to cheat me out of my grief. I called Lena. But not before walking into the cafe to have a drink. I really don't remember what time of day it was, but I mean, there was like nobody in there almost. And um, I remember the 56, 50, 60 something salt and pepper haired bartender doing regular maintenance behind the bar when I walked in. I stepped up to the bar, my favorite spot. Almost simultaneously, Lim walked around the corner. He's in a button up short sleeve shirt and pants. His black hair framed his Asian face. By pure facial recognition he immediately lit up hey he smiled i said he smiled back and waved back i mean it wasn't a big encounter i just have to mention it because i didn't know him he didn't know me we weren't friends or anything but he knew me as a customer and believe you me i spent a ton of fucking money in that bar and i was all puffy-eyed, and I walked in there. Summer at the hospital. The bartender, I think his name was Jim. He stopped what he was doing. You okay? Lim stood silent at the end of the bar stool with his hand on the corner, staring. I don't know why I was embarrassed by the tears, but at first I was, but then I just didn't give a shit, you know? My girlfriend lost our baby. My baby died. I muttered, trying not to look too pathetic. I just needed a drink or two. I was just a kid, you know? Good old Lim never carted me one fucking time. And I don't say that to tarnish the man. He saw I was a sincere kid. I could hold myself all right. I appreciated that, especially that day. It was the last time I remember seeing Lim. And the only time I can clearly remember him not letting me pay for anything. wasted no time the next morning. I was up early and at Cedar sinai before visiting hours. The staff was kind enough to let me in. The doctor who made me decide to... It's only because the doctor who made me decide to pull the plug on my own child was still there. My pure fucking chance. He, uh, he saw me out front from the back and they let me in. He walked over for all of maybe 30 seconds just to comment on Summer's condition. It happened, and I know why. 
Summer was probably the best-looking patient he had ever had in his fucking life. You're damn right he cared. Anyway, that's unfair, but... Summer had been bleeding internally. Okay? It had just gone bad, that pregnancy, right out the gate. I'm not going to go into the detail, but I'll tell you this. It was difficult for me to accept the fact that the day before, Summer was unconscious, and me being present had to make the call on my kid's life. It was my call. Save Summer or let her die with the baby. I couldn't fucking see her. Without a fucking escort. Without fucking permission. But they let me just yank. They let me. They made me make that call. There isn't enough drugs or alcohol to ever help me get over it. God damn anybody that thinks they have a right to be in that. You just shut your fucking hole and mind yourself. Protesters. Anyway, I love that woman. When I got in to see her, I partially lined the bed next to her and I kissed her beautiful face, framed by that flawless, long winter auburn hair of hers. Her eyes blinked, and an affecting smile followed a single tear as I pulled away. Immediately, I threw my arms up under her. I'm sorry, baby. Middle school typing class, Bartersville, Oklahoma, finally fucking paid off. And I got a job. Yeah, I went to a temp agency and got a fucking job. That's how much losing my baby shook me up. I called Kathy first, trying to deplete all the sources of easy cash. But <clears throat> unfortunately, by then, I'd lined everybody up. There was no deadbeat Johns or Jackoffs to be found anywhere in L.A. Metro. I shit you negative. I lined them motherfuckers up. L.A. Metro. Agencies weren't having problems with any more. If anybody calling and not paying, yeah, okay? We'd have to deal with a different kind of type of predator further down the fucking road, but as for the moment, all the deadbeats were lined up, and they knew that they fucked around with them girls and didn't pay. I'd get them. I'd show up and I'd get them. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> and I was fearless and effective, okay? I shook up a few people and fucked up a few people, too. So I had a reputation. Not big. I wasn't Billy Badass and well-known. But like I say, I had plenty of work for the asking. Lined up until I lined them up. And then it was over. Fuck. So I went and got a temp job. I did. My first place of employment? Karate Kid star. Bold and the beautiful actor Sean Kanan. That's right. I got a temp job as a personal assistant for actor Sean Kanan. It was only part-time, but hey, it was a paycheck. Yeah, he was the guy Ralph Macchio fought in Karate Kid Part 3. Oh, my God. 
His face was all over teen beat and everything. Not real popular with the older crowd, but let me tell you, the young women knew who Sean Kanan was. <laughs> and I was so proud to be selected to be his personal assistant for a while. It was great. Drove over to his apartment, kind of lived up behind the whiskey. Sean was really nice and just polite and personal and approachable, just right out the fucking gate. Summer's back at the house sleeping. I went up, knocked on the door, invited me in. Damn. There's just something really cool about seeing personal celebrity photos. I mean, I can't remember what they're doing, but I'm looking at pictures of him hanging out with Kurt Russell, him hanging out with Paul Abdul, and I'm like, so bad, I just wanted to ask, you know. Have they been to your apartment? Have they been here? I see you on the ski slopes having a great time, but did Snake Pliskin actually take a shit here? I didn't ask that. I'm just letting you know how my brain works, okay? I wanted to ask that, but I didn't dare ask that. Instead, Sean, being the extremely polite, professional, nice fella he was, um, graciously invited me in and um, made me feel right at home, and I answered fan mail. Hey, for the fucking record, Sean read all of his letters. He looked at everything. He just didn't feel like writing them back because we didn't have computers and email and all that shit back then. You had to write fucking letters, you lazy ass. And so Sean had me handwrite some letters because he liked my handwriting. Yeah, I threw in my own shit, you know, talking about how big Sean's dick was and everything. No, I didn't do that. That's a joke. It's a joke. I didn't do that. I'm sorry, Sean, if you ever hear this, bro. You probably don't even fucking remember me. It's Stan. Hey, anyway, um, doesn't fucking matter. I got a temp job, and Sean was awesome to hire me. Lo and behold, my summer was down and not feeling good, and I'm out there working legitimately trying to make money. The fucking Mercor breaks down again. So I had to take it down to the fucking shop, a shop on Santa Monica, to get it fucking fixed. Well, thank God for my dear friend Barrick. He gave me one of his many stolen cars to drive back and forth to Sean's house. Yeah, I was grateful that he gave me the Audi. He let me drive the Audi. I didn't have to drive the cargo van or that yellow banana piece of shit he drove. The one I kissed Michelle in, it doesn't matter. The point is, I drove Audi to Sean's house. And on the way, I completely destroyed the back end of a, uh, of a black dude's pickup truck. Yeah, the only black cowboy in Hollywood, California. He jumped right out. He was real sweet, though. He wasn't mad, throwing a fit or anything. I completely acknowledged it was my fault. And I said, there's no point in getting police involved. Let's just go ahead and exchange insurance. I knew at this point I already had warrants out for my arrest, so I didn't want to get the fucking police involved. Convincing the man I'd forgotten my license, I told him my name was Barrick. And I immediately handed him the uh, registration and the insurance verification that was in the car. And um, he graciously took that information, gave me his. I threw it away and drove to Sean's house.
listen, I don't do this shit anymore. Other than the bumper pointing straight up and down, Barrick's Audi didn't have a scratch on it. I was so thankful when I got to Sean's apartment. I was I was concerned about the accident. When I told Sean about it, being my employer and someone who was quickly becoming a friend, he offered to come downstairs and help me fix the car. I failed to tell Sean that I just kind of committed insurance fraud. Sure, I, I didn't relay that part of the fucking story, but hey, my new boss, he was real super cool to come down and help me straighten that fucker out. Yeah. We locked shoulders and we both jumped up on that bumper, up and down. Took us about five minutes. I mean, statute of limitations has run out. Sean didn't do anything wrong, and a few months later, Barrick's premium went up. I'll never forget the look on his face when he looked at his new bill and went, Fuck, I must have been really high. I don't even remember that accident. Like I say, eventually the um, my employment for Sean eventually ended, and I got my paycheck. And of course, Summer and I burned through it pretty fucking quick. Work at Kathy's, of course, it dried up completely. I wasn't doing anything for that bitch Rosemary. Got to the point where girls were driving themselves to calls. Yeah, other agencies didn't even need drivers anymore. I couldn't even get on with other agencies. It was my own former position had become obsolete because of me. I was shitting because the holidays were there, you know? I mean, I made a Thanksgiving dinner, and Barrett came over. I think I think Michelle was with him. I can't remember. I made everybody a Thanksgiving turkey, my first Thanksgiving turkey, right there in West Hollywood. Summer is able enough to get up and around and come out and eat and everything. And Well, it was so beautiful, golden brown on the outside, but raw in the fucking middle. Yeah. Barrick ended up eating all the skin. I ate some skin. We ate the stuffing, the deviled eggs, cheesecake, and shit like that. But, yeah, I think we ended up getting jack-in-the-box. Something wasn't working. I was on top of the temp agency, but nothing was available. Well, Summer went somewhere one day without me. It wasn't work. But she came back with several thousand dollars. She got her rent caught up, paid all her bills, stuffed like a thousand dollars in my pocket. We didn't have a bank account. But I was pretty sure that Summer probably had a safety deposit box nearby full of money. I don't want to incriminate anybody. I don't want to embellish, and I'm not going to lie, but there's some things I'm going to leave out, okay? I thought we were flat out fucking broke. We weren't. Christmas was upon us just a couple of days out, and I hadn't bought a fucking thing. We had a tree up, no presents. There I was back to fucking feeling sorry for myself again because I couldn't buy her anything. She'd just laugh at me and 
Always give me the wink that it wasn't a big deal. Well, she was healthy again, feeling great, looking great. One day she just threw her hands in the air after getting done eating her pint of ice cream. Do you want to go shopping, Brett? Yeah, I... Again, desperately. How? She got up in her pajama bottoms, a little athletic bra. Come with me. Kiss me on the lips. Let's take a shower. We went to the mall. <laughs> I went to the fucking Beverly Center, okay? Look, I'm not going to go into specifics. I can't go into specifics because I'm not sure exactly what she did. What I can tell you is what I know. We walked into um, a couple of the department stores, actually, and after brief exchanges with management, I went over, shook hands, wink, nod, okay, cool. And suddenly I had an open line of credit in both stores. I really don't know. I She just advised me not to sign my real name on anything. So I did not. I signed Chris Isaac. Sorry. Yeah, it was me. I signed every fucking slip, Chris Isaac. It was a cool song at the time, and it was the only thing I could think of, you know, when I had to sign. Of course, the police would call months later looking for Chris Isaac and accusing me of being Chris Isaac. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Summer didn't quite understand my use of the AKA at all when the phone rang and she picked it up. They asked for Chris Isaac. I knew who they were looking for. Why are they looking for Chris Isaac? Well, that's how I signed. You signed off at the mall? At the store? Yeah, all those slips. I I just signed them with Chris Isaac. Why? There's the only name I could think of. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a weird time for me after my child died, okay? There were no roadblocks. There were no barriers or guardrails. But I had an open line of credit at the Beverly Center, and I went fucking Christmas shopping. wrap it up this week folks bombing down poinsettia chapter 25 citizen canon be sure to join me next week chapter 26 bombing down poinsettia i here on the stand the joke man show 8 p.m till then bye can deals me amigos Summertime.